edition of Meet the Metapreneur. My name is Sharad Agarwal. I'm the Chief Metaverse Officer of CyberGear, an agency based in Dubai, and we provide Metaverse and Web3 solutions to global brands. I have with me two very exciting uh, entrepreneurs. In fact, I want to call them Metapreneurs because they are venturing into the Metaverse. And I have with me Ashish and Catherine, uh, they are my good friends, they are impact entrepreneurs, and they are meta shapers. So welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you, Sharad, so much for having us. Thanks, Sharad. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So let's start with the introductions. Uh, please introduce yourself to our, uh, you know, largest audience that we have on social media and in our community. I want them to get to know you well. So either of you, go ahead, please. Okay. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start. Um, so Ashish and I are partners. Um, we are currently living together in, uh, in Delhi, where we're working on our business together. And our journey actually started in the US. Um, we decided to start it. Uh, it was actually sort of a, 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 a random circumstance that uh, led us to actually start the business because we needed uh, something to support the nonprofit that I was working on. And ultimately, Ashish was helping me with that. And that had led to a conversation where we wanted to start a social enterprise, which was focused on helping artisans in India, which is where Ashish is from, and that's his natural habitat. He understands how it works, the inner uh, difficulties and challenges that these artisans face. And over the past couple of years, we've been working um, stringently on this to establish a business which is now not only grounded in, in real life, but also in the metaverse as we continue to um, not just bring ourselves and our patrons, but also our artisans into the future in a way that allows us to help preserve not just the existing businesses that they have, but the opportunity for them to be onboarded into the future while not having to strain themselves or learn something new that would be very difficult and challenging for them. Um, and our business is essentially based in the empathy that we both have um, and the desire to help people uh, to sustain culture, history, as so much is changing all around us all the time. Um, so while our business is technically a social enterprise, it is a new luxury, meaning that while we are focused on creating luxury products, um, simultaneously, we're very grounded and we try to be as, as authentic, transparent, and sustainable as possible. Um, and that is the new part of the luxury. So we're hence the impact part of our business. Amazing, Ashish? Uh, yeah, so um, I'll quickly uh, you know, talk about myself. Uh, I have spent uh, close to 30 years uh, being in business in various roles, uh, equally divided between India. So 10 years in India, then 10 years in Africa, and there, thereafter 10 years in the US where I had the good fortune of meeting up with Catherine. Uh, and yes, uh, so Gaia Moy's story essentially uh, started with a shared empathy that we have for helping others. And uh, uh, since I had, you know, extensively traveled in India before I came to the US, also in Africa, uh, between Africa and India, I had seen certain similarities the last 20 odd years, which is the slow dying of artisan communities, thanks to, you know, contemporary fashion models. I, I refer to fashion. I won't go into details of brands and what they're up to, but this is what it is. When we had the discussion um, over a few drinks uh, in New York, uh, it hit me like an epiphany. Um, I said, we both have the shared um, you know, empathy for helping people. Why don't we help a community that is in fact on the fringes 
and may not exist in the next 20 odd years. And uh, just like that, the idea of Bamure was born. I think uh, in the next 15 days, we set up, uh, we had a logo, uh, we had the trademark done, we set up the company, and two years down the line, two years almost to the day, here we are. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, just to add to what Kathy just quickly spoke of in terms of what we're trying to do uh, in Gaia More, the mission and vision, of course, we wish to have global impact, starting from India, because this is home base, um, and sort of segues into when you're trying to bootstrap, you know, you're trying to look at the most uh, optimized way of actually launching your, uh, your platform. Uh, from day one, we had this vision of making this a digital uh, offering uh, to our clients. The physical part now is rendered in terms of uh, Web 2.0 technologies. We are a Shopify storefront, and the Web 3.0, in fact, will be revealed on Christmas Day. Uh, Sharad, you are aware of it. <laughs> You'll be invited as, as, as well as the other meta shapers and whoever else wishes to be there. And we are pretty excited. So now, interestingly, the reason digital came into play because uh, about six months back, since I come from a, uh, from a technology background, I had quickly understood that if you're looking at traditional um, uh, retail of luxury, there's a whole lot of wastage which is involved. Because when you're trying to, for example, let's take, I'm not going to name any brands, but if you, for example, were to launch a very expensive handbag, you would first probably do a whole lot of research in a target audience. The research which probably go, go into well into one year would cost you a million dollars. After that, you'll have to have patterns made on selected leather work. It has to be cut. It has then got to go into marquee stores. Then you cross your fingers and hope that whatever you research suggested, people actually go and buy it. But God forbid if they do not, then what happens? You lose out on all of that. Not only that, luxury brands, in fact, are known to actually destroy those bags. I, will, I, I can get into the economics as to why that is done. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, <clears throat> Web 3.0 gives you the opportunity of actually testing a product right before you make it. If there is traction, if people are willing to spend even $10 of having that in their wallet, then they come back and say, why don't you customize and send this bag over? Can you imagine the savings that you that you make? Anyway, I can get into a length. It will be a completely different uh, session. But that's where we understood that sustainability would be built into technology that we'll build around our physical offerings. Now that's an amazing story right there. And actually, if I may share my story, my business also started much the same way. I was actually holidaying in Los Angeles with my wife in 96. And we happened to attend an Internet World Show which was happening bang opposite the hotel where we were uh, staying. So out of curiosity, we decided to go there. And within one hour of entering that uh, internet world exhibition, my wife and I looked at each other and said, that's what we are going to be doing rest of our lives. We came back to Dubai uh, two weeks later, resigned from our jobs and cyber gear was born. So I love businesses that happen in a jiffy based on an idea that we believe as entrepreneurs have legs and here we are. So congratulations, Gaia Amore is a great story. I already love what I'm hearing. Uh, I wanna uh, drill down a little bit about, you know, what are the challenges that you faced when you first started setting up your business? Can you share some of those with us? Uh, well, there's, there's been a lot of lessons learned to be honest, as, as first time founders, um, you, you don't know what you're doing. That's just the honest truth. No one knows what they're doing. And, and um, when 
you're trying to set up something that is especially international where you have very little control over what ha what happens um you're trying to set up all of the 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 road marks as much as you can to ensure that things go smoothly but they, they don't always um so the finding the right partnerships is definitely where we challenged a lot uh, it took a lot of time to vet the artisans that we're working in, not necessarily the artisans themselves, but the partners that represent the artisans in our case, um, because we don't work with the artisans directly because we don't speak the same language um, and they don't have international setups for being able to uh, work with us, but our partners do. So finding them, uh, everything from logistics, the packaging, all of it just took a lot longer than we expected it to because logistically speaking, it became sort of a nightmare to try to do everything um, from the US and, and uh, Ashish was located here in Delhi, but our partners are spread across all of India. So it's um, it worked ultimately, but it, it was definitely challenging. And when it came to the metaverse, I would say the most challenging part is, is as you know very well, Sharad, it's growing community. It's bringing people on board. It's getting them introduced to the, the metaverse. It's getting out of the mindset that I think we all have. Uh, I know myself had it, and still I'm getting used to the metaverse and what it means and how we're supposed to engage with it and, and psychologically, what does that mean? And, and so that's another conversation, but um, growing a community that's interested in coming on board and coming into the metaverse, just to see a store that you've set up um, or any experience for that matter. I think that's, that's the biggest challenge we're facing right now. Yeah, Ashish, you want to add anything to that in terms of the learnings uh, so far? Yeah, the, the learnings that we have, in fact, uh, is that uh, I think uh, you have to sort of build that empathy within you and the, and the sixth sense to understand that if a potential partner is coming to you and promising you this and the, and the other, you probably would have to read between the lines. That's where we, in fact, falter. So just, just to sort of give you a case in point, currently we work with about six odd uh, partners, but we vetted almost 60. Right. And so there were some other delays happened because, uh, you know, and uh, again, cultural nuances in business. So for example, working with <clears throat> a low context business culture and high context business culture, radically different. Yes. So in America, in America, for example, if you're trying to look, work with a partner, you know, to the point and you know, they're going to deliver very, very challenging in Africa and in India. I'm not saying people are bad, but they're just nuanced in the sense that when Ashish, they- Ashish, I hear you. Uh, first 30 years of my life I spent in India and last 30 years <laughs> in Dubai. So I get it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, that's part of the challenges. And exactly. when we overcome them, that euphoria that you, uh, that feeling is amazing, yes. right? That you did yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's, the, that's the reason why we decide to become entrepreneurs because we know yeah. it's not going to be a smooth ride. And yep. uh, people who don't get to be entrepreneurs totally miss out on that aspect of life right mm -hmm. so, right. so yeah so uh, i'm sure you're enjoying the ride and now uh, i want to ask you a little bit about let's uh, just imagine you are in 2025 three years down the road where is gaia amore and what are you guys doing in 2025 well the ideal vision that we have is that we are well established um, as a brand, as a as a new luxury brand, and working with artisans not just in India but across the world. 
Um, and we have an established community of, of patrons that are loyal to us and, and do understand the, the value of what it is that we're bringing um, to the, the fashion industry and to the, the consumer industry. Um, not just having a, a physical online, or sorry, an online presence, but having physical stores in, in a few key part, parts of the world um, where there's a lot of international traffic, um, where we've actually been able to establish um, a sort of mix between our, our virtual store and our physical store, where we're able to bring the artisan stories to life um, using technology and also being able to display the, the products that we're selling in a very elegant and, and luxurious manner. Uh, that's, that's what I see in my head and being able to engage with our patrons in a, in a new way. Um, again, bordering the line between entering the metaverse and, 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 and staying in real life. I think that, that's what I have in my mind anyway. Yes, I just want to qualify that in just two things. One is uh, ideally into 2025, we would have changed an audience which is on web 2.0. Mm. To a community and Web 3.2, and they're seamless. Second thing I want to mention is we would by then have a very mature uh, blockchain-enabled supply chain transparency model that connects the artisan, where they are geolocated, what is the process they, they use to the, cut the patterns to make the product, to the finished product, to the finished product landing in the hand of a buyer in New York, to part of their revenue going back to the same artist and then capturing that in the social audit. Social audit also on blockchain, the remittance back to artists also on blockchain, everything on blockchain. So, and this will be public mm -hmm. ledger. Mm -hmm. Please come and vet us, more than happy to, you know. Right, uh, thank you for that. Uh, I actually see you guys uh, on the cover of Time Magazine in 2025. <laughs> I'm serious because I see the social enterprise, I see the empathy in both of you, I see the bigger picture, and I'm sure in the next three years, this whole industry, Web3, is going to evolve big time, right? It's going to grow, I think, uh, phenomenally. And uh, even if, you know, what the big four are saying and what Citibank is saying in its studies, even if it is 50% of that, it's going to be huge. So I'm, for one, very optimistic about the metaverse, uh, despite whatever, you know, uh, people say, read and write. But uh, definitely, if we follow technology, you can't go wrong. And mm -hmm. finally, uh, what are the kind of collaborations are you looking after and who sh and how should people get in touch with you? So uh, maybe, Catherine, you take the first part. Uh, what, sure. time, what type of collaborations are you looking for? And Ashish, how should people get in touch with you? Um, well, I will say one, one thing quickly is that we are actually huge on collaboration. I'm working on a, on a collaboration project right now, which I, don't, I can't go into too much detail, but um, it involves um, three sets of continents um, and multiple cultures working together to create a fashion collection, um, which I'm very excited about because I love history. So it's a, it's a futuristic take on digital fashion, bringing in um, Indian and another culture that I don't want to go into. But, um, but, but the idea of this collaboration is really exciting to me because I, I love people working together and highlighting the best parts of culture. Um, and, and bringing the history into it and really showcasing that the people behind the products, the designers, the artisans that are working on this, 
Um, so I'm, I'm, that's something for 2023 for, for us, which is really big. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. So that's the type of collect, uh, collaboration that we're looking for. So if there's designers that want to partake in uh, collaborative, international collaborative efforts, uh, we'd love to talk to you, both physical and digital um, uh, collections. Um, and also artisans, people that are representing artisan communities that have yeah. products that are um, luxury type of products or would be able to produce luxury type of products. That's, that's also something that we're looking in. And then as, as also people that are working in community type of efforts, building communities um, that would be able to help us uh, really establish uh, a true presence in, in various different parts of the world. Great. Ashish, how do you want people to get in touch with you? So uh, it's very simple. If you were to go to Google and you type Ashish Tandon LinkedIn, uh, I'll be on the first page. So you can't really miss me. Uh, if you were to go to um, Google and type Gaia Mori on LinkedIn, so you have a page. Um, and our website is very simple. It's www.gaia-amore.com. Gaiamore.com. Please uh, visit us. Give us a feedback. Um, have a look at some of the articles um, that we've written on our blog. Uh, we really want to make a difference, and you can be part of the difference. Please give us a feedback. We'll be happy to talk to you. In fact, we'd love to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Super, guys. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, just a note for the audience, please, please do connect with Catherine and Ashish uh, on LinkedIn. Follow them. Follow their story and be part of that st their story, right? So yeah, thank you, uh, both of you. And thank you. Uh, thank please give us feedback on all the collab collaborations that happen after the show. I'll, I'll be tracking that and yes. I'll see you guys on the other side. So yes. I'll say bye thank to you for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Sharad. Bye-bye. Bye, Sharad.